The T20 World Cup is coming to our shores in 2020 with the best of the best striving for the ultimate glory. Before that all kicks off, let's join Mel Jones as she chats to cricket royalty on road to the T20 World Cup. Road to the T20 World Cup goes back in time this week to the 2015 Men's World Cup and chats to Mitchell Stark about handling the pressure of a home World Cup the form that led him to becoming the leading wicket-taker and player of the tournament, the noise at the G before that first ball to Brendan McCullum in the final, and, most importantly, his support role in this Women's T20 World Cup. Mitch Stark, I never thought I'd interview in a hotel room in Mumbai where we cannot really see much at the window, but you're getting ready for first ODI against India tomorrow. How's everything going? Yeah, it's going well. It's um, been a quick transition for a few of us from test summer straight over here for, for a quick ODI series. So yeah, once we start tomorrow, it's all pretty much done and dusted in about a week. So it's a um, quick fire series, obviously always exciting India, Australia, a big challenge playing away from home. But after the, the boys were here about well, roughly 12 months ago and had that come from behind series yeah. win. Um, mm. Excitement's high, um, spirits are really high, and then hopefully it's going to be a really exciting series. This um, this podcast, Road to the T20 World Cup, is all about the Women's World Cup coming up next month, but also this year is the, is the men's as well. I'd love to... We're going to chat all things 2015, because I think one of the biggest things for teams to win a World Cup is, is winning one at home and the, just handling all the sense of expectation. We're going to go back a little bit to, to start with. I'm going to ask you, and I've given you no warning, so it'll be interesting <laughs> to see what you come up with here. Your favourite sporting memory, and it can be absolutely anything. It doesn't have to be cricket, doesn't have to be a match you've played in, but something that springs to mind that either gets you really excited or emotional. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a good question. Well, obviously, love cricket as a kid. So whether it be you know sit down on Boxing Day and and watch the Boxing Day Test or something like that, but I'd fondly remember the. The 99 World Cup, which is something that we reflected on before the most recent World Cup being yeah. in, in, in England as well. And just the the images of, of the team winning the World Cup and on the balcony at Lords and you know, Steve Waugh was a, was a hero of mine growing up. And yeah. then I've been fortunate enough through cricket to, to get to know him and meet him and, and tour with him as well. So I think that that's one that, that automatically comes to mind as a kid. I guess I've had uh, a lot of personal sporting highlights over the last sort of 10 years but and then to share some with with Elisa as well and, and be around for for a couple of her World Cup wins which yeah. she, she won't let me forget um, <laughs> she, she leads that race yeah, as well yeah there's a little bit of a, a little um counter going on at the moment isn't she she's ahead oh, of very lopsided yeah. anyway but um yeah and, and then I, I thoroughly enjoy my golf so so watching um I watch a lot of it on tour and at home and so something like a, all the hype around Tiger Woods is latest yeah. latest one so look oh, I love my sport um, per, a lot of personal highlights that I'm sure I'll reflect on once I'm, I'm done with cricket <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that 99 World Cup for me was one that um, probably more significant as we were in in, uh, in England for the World Cup last year and, yeah. and trying to trying to emulate that with our squad and then a little sidetrack there as we get to wear that that uniform later on oh, this summer course. so yeah, it's, yeah. Um, that's exciting <laughs> hopefully get to pull that on as well your family is exceptionally talented across the board. You've got two sisters, one in interior design, chatting to your dad at the um, <laughs> Boxing Day test, another one who does marine biology working with seahorses, which I think, didn't Alyssa want to be a marine biologist at one stage? Well, they, they did the same course at the same uni. Oh, really? Um, my sister started, I think, three years after Elisa. Yep. Uh, being younger. 
um, she's finished and this now in practice, I guess yep. you'd say. Mm-hmm. At least it hasn't quite finished. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> so she's still technically enrolled in the course? Uh, I don't think she's anymore. Okay. Um, well, no. She's quite past the time. <laughs> okay. So it's something she's still uh, interested in, I think. But yep. um, obviously with, with the... Um, on the good side of it, cricket's got more... more uh, well, the, the schedule's gotten busier for the girls. Yep. She's touring more, playing more, which is, is what they're after. And it's great for the, for the women's side of the game. But... Um, yeah, it's affected her studies, unfortunately. Okay, so <laughs> two exceptionally talented sisters on, on their career front. Your brother, Brandon, is an Olympic uh, athlete, high jumper, and a gold medalist at the Com Games, and yourself. Was it a competitive household growing up? Yeah, I was the eldest too, so um, I got the run of the mill. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the biggest and the eldest. But, um, yeah, I guess my brother and I were always um, heavy on the sports. Um, yeah. Dad played a bit. He played underage baseball for New South Wales long okay. before we came along. Yep. But, um, he always played senior cricket with the, the junior club I was at. Always was was my first cricket coach. Was secretary of the club, heavily involved. Yeah. Brother had a, a crack at cricket for a while there, but athletics um, athletics is one he loved a lot. And obviously, what did he do to, when he was playing cricket? Well, Dad was was the coach of the team at, at uh, sort of the early doors. Yeah. We had too many kids for for one team mm-hmm. not enough for two so another father at the one of the boys at the cricket club took one team and we always ended up with sort of seven, eight, nine players each week right. so so Brandon actually filled in a lot for, okay. for a team that was four <laughs> years or whatever it is above his age group so um, yeah we had some some uh, some interesting partnerships there when, when um, he'd sort of come in at the end as a, as a really young guy and then uh, we'd knock a few runs around but um yeah, he, he had a crack at his own age group for a bit there. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a bit taller like me, so he had a bit of a crack at, at bowling. and um, He was doing little athletics as well, and, and that's one that took his interest a bit more. And Well, it's been a good choice because he's gone on to... It certainly has been. ...games <laughs> and then a com, com Games gold, so um, hopefully he's in for a, a big Olympic year this year as well. We're going to fast forward a little bit because I know we don't have heaps of time, but... You go through age group cricket, you um, you debut for Australia. Richie Benno presents you your baggy green cap. What were your memories of that? Did he say much? He couldn't find me in the circle, so... Um, oh. <laughs> that was Don't take that to heart. <laughs> no, no, it was, it, was, uh, it was a bit of humour there. But um, we actually played a one-day series against Sri Lanka prior to that. And um, I was on a flight home from Brisbane and, and I was actually sitting next to him. So it was, um, we had a bit of a chat about... A bit about cricket, a bit yeah. about the series. Just um, he said he'd seen me play a little bit and then um, had a few words there, and, and mentioned that in the in the, the cap presentation as well. So, yeah, something that I'll never forget is, is that um, the presentation, getting my bag of green from from the great man Richie Benno. Uh, the rest of the day was a bit of a blur. I don't think I said too much, and Usman Khawaja actually likes giving me stick for that because I was pretty quiet till about um, an hour before stumps on day one. So. <laughs> Luckily got the first over out of the way. Yeah. I was fortunate to get a couple of wickets. Um, probably not the best balls I've ever bowled, but um, yeah, it was nice to get on the board. And, and we had a great week there. We had a, a good win. Uh, it was a bit of a changing time for Australian cricket. We had a new coach in Mickey Arthur. It was his first test. Uh, James Patson, David Warner and I all debuted the same game. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so it was a bit of a changing uh, changing game for the group and, and um, we had a win, so it was a, it was a good week. Do you, when you then got the call up to present Taylor Villamek with her baggy green during the recent Ashes in England, did you think about when you got presented yours and 
how important it was, the, the memories of you getting your cap and how important the actual act of, of giving someone theirs is? Yeah, not only, only that one, but having been around and seen a few in my time, yeah, um, they're always very special. They're, they're moments Who's that... Who's the best one? Oh, the best one that I've seen have to be... Um, it was Mitchell Marsh being presented by his dad. Yeah. Um, that was, yeah, that was pretty special. Emotional. It brought a few guys to tears yeah. almost. So it's... Um, <laughs> Uh, and then actually Nathan Lyon giving Travis Head his was, was um, probably as emotional I've seen Nathan Lyon as well. So yeah. Um, yeah. they're special moments. Mm. And, and yeah, whether it's your own or you, you've seen them happen, it's um, the player receiving it and, and giving it out. Remember those for, for a long time. So we were actually in the middle of the World Cup and, and I was more nervous presenting the cap than any game of the World Cup. So <laughs> um, obviously Dan Christian and Belinda Clark presented caps as well. And, and yeah. Um, yeah, DC and I had a beer the night before. Um, <laughs> he was sweating bullets, he said. <laughs> yeah, we were both pretty nervous. So um, we managed to spit a few words out. And, and uh, yeah, the, the girls had a, a good week. Unfortunately, it wasn't, wasn't a result in the game. But, um, yeah, fantastic memories for the girls. And, and for us to, well, yeah, for me personally, to present a cap was um, a, a big honour, yeah. Yeah, it was by far the best cap presentation I've ever seen. I think because also there was the, the three as well, and it just matched up so nicely. So. Yeah. Blinda to Sophie Molyneux, yourself to Tay, and then DC to, to Ash Gardner was, um, yeah, it was nice. Okay, we're going to chat all things 2015 World Cup. Not too many teams win home World Cups, and I, I guess it's because of the pressure associated with it all. When you were leading into that World Cup, how much of that was spoken about and how far out? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I, I don't really remember too much um, chat around the, the pressures of it. We had the Tri-Series right before it, so... We played India and, and England at home uh, yeah. right before the World Cup. So we we sort of saw that as a as the perfect leading. We wanted to, to really be settled in our team, some of our tactics, obviously a couple of teams that were um, strong cricket teams that were yeah. coming up against throughout the World Cup. So um, a good chance to see where we where we stood um, sort of in the, in the pecking order and, yeah. and try and implement some game plans that we wanted to take in. So um, that was really success, successful for us, that tri-series. Yeah. Um, we won that one as well um, so it really put us in a, in a good good place and, and take some momentum into the World Cup um, probably something that we, we reflected on from that in the most recent World Cup was um, probably some of the pressures that England would have been un, under yeah. um, playing at home and, and, and some of the, the things we felt through our World Cup at home so probably nothing that we well not, not big things that we spoke about at the time of the 15 World Cup yeah. but things were reflected on I think um, you spoke about game plans as well. Is it, and this might go across all the World Cups and tournaments you've played in, is it hard to stick to game plans when things don't go quite right at the start? Yeah, I think that's, um, that's where the adapting comes into it and we speak a lot, a lot about that um, now as well, um, especially playing away from home where um, conditions are quite foreign to, to yeah. the away teams, obviously. Um, and you need to be the team that adapts the best and the quickest to yeah. to be ahead of the game or, or to, to win games. So playing at home um, was a big advantage. There was probably that the pressures of the expectation of, of uh, being best suited to your home conditions. But yeah, when things don't go to plan or, or certain bowling plans or batting plans don't come off, you need to... That's where teams that hold their nerve and, and uh, have the ability to, to adjust and adapt quick yeah. um, can still salvage things or get themselves in, back into the game and, and positions where they, they can still be very competitive. 
social media coming into that World Cup? You're not on social media anyway, which is this probably one of the big differences between you and Midge. Yeah. <laughs> because yep. she's on it and she, she likes bombs. to clip people, yeah. doesn't she? <laughs> she likes to put things out there and see how it goes. So um, <laughs> Now, you yeah. don't see it. You could probably only see it off her account. Do you go, what the? Yeah. I, sure? <laughs> it's funny. I hear a lot of things. If I have to do media, I've heard that she's put things out there. So right. I don't really know much about it. So, um, so when... Yeah. It's a, obviously been a conscious thought for you not to go on social media. Do you think it helps, particularly around big tournaments like this? I know the, the England women during the 2017 World Cup in England, the majority of them got off social media for it all. Yeah, I think I've been off it now for a bit, bit more than a year. So that was, um, I think that's been a really positive thing for me. I didn't find um, that there were too many positives for me on there. Um, so, and, and it was a lot of, it's it's very fake i found so um do you, are you saying that the comments made there were more negative and positive or that there could be one negative out of 20 positives but it's just yeah i, I think um we we'll, we'll always out, take things more yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah I, I just didn't think there was for me personally i think there was a need to be on there um reading things that I didn't need to, to yeah. read or, or opinions that I didn't need to, to pay attention to. Yeah. So um, I think that's helped me stay pretty level for the last sort of 12 to 13 months or whatever it's been. And certainly when things are going well and, and people want to read all that, then, then go for your life. But yeah. it, it swings pretty quickly the other way as well. So um, I feel like you're never, as, you're never as good as people say you are and never as bad as people say you are. Yeah. So yeah, I think personally it was, it was a really positive move to get off it. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, really paid too much attention to yeah. <laughs> mm, I think I might do the same thing <laughs> so then for for Mitch she sees it completely differently I mean she's probably in well, career best form at the moment as well so there'd be a lot of positivity coming through on yeah, her account. yeah she's um, it's a very different personality to, yeah. to me I guess um, she loves that um, you know um, have that that interaction I guess and, yeah. and um, whether it be you know drop a bomb and see how it goes um <laughs> Or, or just uh, you bite back at little things or try and get bites out Does of things. Does she ever say so. to you, oh, I'm going to say this? She does, actually. Yeah. She goes, oh, she, <laughs> I can see at times when she's writing things yeah. and she thinks about doing it or not. And more often than not, she just pushes in. So, <laughs> um, Regardless of what you say? Yeah, there's yep. been a couple of times. Okay. But she's listened a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. I'm not on there, so I don't have to worry about it. But um, <laughs> she can, she's a big girl. She can deal she, with it. <laughs> she can, <laughs> on both accounts. <laughs> Lots of chat. Uh, Justin Langer mentioned it in last year's World Cup. Everyone mentions it, that tournament-style play is completely different to like a bilateral series or a tri-series. What's, what's the hardest part about tournament-style? Um, that is a good question. It's something that Australia's been pretty strong at for a number of World Cups yeah. now. So... Um, we had a slight change of format for, for the most recent one where you, you did play every team. Um, yep. I guess in the 2015 World Cup, uh, we, didn't play, we didn't play someone like a South Africa, which were, were really strong. Mm. Um, I think towards the back end, we felt that they were probably a team that matched up really closely with us and, and we're probably fortunate in a way not to, to have to play them. Yeah. Um, certainly not have to play them at Eden Park Eden where Park. <laughs> they went nuts. Um, but uh, yeah, having played everyone in the World Cup, I think was... Um, an exciting um, sort of concept there as well um, you sort of see how you match up to all the teams in the World Cup rather than just having to win your pool to get through the, the next stage so yeah, um, yeah it, uh, sorry what was the question again? that tournament style <laughs> <Tournament> <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it, 
you want to be playing your best cricket at the back end, but you've got to get to the back end. Yeah. So it isn't. It's hard if you've got a really good team early doors. Yeah. And then you're almost throwing at times. You don't pay attention to it a lot at the start, but even run rate can come into it, which doesn't come into it in in bilateral. So um, I think if you look back to to our series in here in India last year, where we were two 0 down. And it was it was our grand final every game. Yeah. The boys managed to win three two. So, um, yeah, you can get really ahead of of everyone else if you if you're really successful through the front end. And we we this time around we managed to play our worst cricket at the back end. So um, <laughs> we felt like we were building nicely, but hadn't had our perfect game. Um, and then obviously had a, a couple of stinkers at the back end, which which. Um, can finish your tournament pretty quickly. Yeah, I was just looking at the the results from that two thousand fifteen World Cup. You yourself picked up twenty two wickets. You play of the tournament. Was your what was your form like coming into it? Were you feeling like top of the world and thinking it's coming out well? Um, yeah, I thought it was it was going pretty well through that that tri series. I think I got rested at the back end. Um, played a lot of the games at the start. Had a from memory had a pretty heavy test summer. Um, so it was just to freshen up at the back end of that try series. We sort of knew our roles in the team. Um, everyone was pretty pretty comfortable with how we were yeah. form wise. I think Michael had a bit of a hamstring niggle right. at the start yeah. of the World Cup with yep. George George Bailey captain the first game. That's right. And then, yep. then I don't think he played another game. So, um, so he's technically captain of World Cup winning team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, <laughs> but something that that was it was. Um, Noticeable from that World Cup to this one was was the the chat about the squad mentality we had to. It doesn't take eleven players to win a World Cup. It, it quite often it takes a whole squad, which was certainly true of two thousand fifteen. Everyone took part, and again this time round everyone took part, and yeah. we, we sort of fell a bit short. So, um, but I think that's another another aspect of tournament plays. You know, you play different grounds, different teams, different matchups constantly, um, so that the squads can change pretty pretty quickly and perhaps more so than in, in a bilateral yeah. where you're, you're playing the, the same team. So you've got to park your ego teams. a little bit sometimes if you know yeah. that you're coming up against a team where there's probably a, maybe a better bowler matching up with a better top Absolutely, and that was, it was probably um, most evident when, in our, our changes for the the game against England at Lords where, where Jace came in and yep. took Pfeiffer and, yeah. and um, we saw that as a really positive match-up between England, the, the left armers and, and um, you know, Jace and I had a, a good day out there, we took... Um, Fortunately, took nine wickets between us, and, yep. and probably um, you know showed that the stats were true there. I guess so. Um, but that is uh, is tournament play. That's World Cup play. Where um, whether it be foreign conditions or, or matchups between certain certain countries, um, you do have to almost play that squad mentality all the time. I know you're from New South Wales, but you'd see it in NRL. We certainly see it in AFL football when you're leading up to the big dance, the final game at the MCG, and there's that grand final week and parades and all that sort of stuff. They always say it's just another game, but it's not. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, not. So, do you approach it? How do you how do you embrace all the hype and white noise around something like that? We're going back a lot now. <laughs> um, the group was was pretty confident. I think, without sounding arrogant or anything like mm. that, uh, I think only one or two of the Kiwis had ever played at the MCG before the That's World right. Cup. Yep. Uh, they played all their games in New Zealand on small grounds. We were coming to the MCG, which was almost double the size of some of the Kiwi grounds. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, we weren't arrogant, but we were, were pretty confident with where we stood in the matchups with with New Zealand. And that's even with the loss to them in the round. Yeah, we played Maiden Park. That was 
I think one of the more exciting games of the World it Cup. It's a brilliant game. Four <laughs> dominated, but um, you know there were some really big scores throughout the World Cup. There were scores of four hundred. There yeah. were blokes scoring double hundreds, and that was was one of the standout games was yeah. where where ball dominated. So shows that bowlers can be exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was um, we had them on our turf, and, and um, yeah, it was a, a whirlwind sort of lead up. It it was. It, you didn't have too much time to think about it with the, the time between the semi-final and final, which is probably a good thing because mm-hmm. you sit and think about it too long. <laughs> yeah. you, you worry about different scenarios, don't you? So, But yeah, we, we, all, we had a good preparation. We had some good games through the finals where we played some really good cricket. Guys were in good form. It was, um, we were playing at home. It was, mm. it was almost, almost ours to lose, but we, we really, really took on that challenge. And, and um, fortunately, we came outside with, um, with the good result, but um, yeah. it doesn't always happen that way. I, I was there and I can remember saying to myself, I'd never felt the MCG like that before. Like you go to AFL Grand Finals and you've been to big cricket matches before. Um, but there was just there's certainly a, a different vibe. And I think a lot of it was the matchup between you and Brendan McCullum <laughs> to, to, to kickstart it all. And there was just this real sense of anticipation. Do you remember standing at the top of your mark? Do you remember thinking there's something going I on here? Some um, yeah, I've never played in front of that many people, certainly at home. Mm. Um, at times it can sound like that many people in, in India or yeah. the South Continent, but um, I've never played in a in front of a, a Boxing Day crowd that big or, or any any game that big. I hadn't been to an AFL Grand Final before mm. then as well, so it was yeah certainly that um, the anticipation, the the atmosphere, the the nerves are around for, for probably for both sides. Um, Baz was was probably the form form player of the World Cup. Yeah. He'd, um, he'd been scoring pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> Doesn't score any other way, does he? No, no, he doesn't die wondering, does he? So, um, yeah, I think, and then Australia, New Zealand, two host nations. Um, it was, it was just meant to be for the two teams to make it to the World Cup. I think, yeah. and um, yeah, it was uh, the feeling around the start of the game, and, and certainly by the end, it was something that I think the whole group won't forget. Yeah, um, we're going to take a very quick break after this question, but any advice to whoever wins this T20 World Cup at the MCG about celebrations at the G? How long do you stay at the G afterwards? Oh, <laughs> um, they're big change rooms, so you can do a lot of um, I think we were there till, geez, we might have been there till 1 or 2 a.m. because we had all our families were there, so they, they'd yeah. popped in. Uh, then the Kiwis popped in. Um, we we might have had, you know, upwards of 150 people at one point wow. in the change room. So <laughs> time flies when, when you're having fun. Um, <laughs> We had to kick everyone out so we could sing the song, mm-hmm. uh, which we, we did out on the ground. So, um, yeah, we, we, we were there for a while. Um, we were in our playing kit until the sun came up at the hotel. Uh, I think nice. three guys didn't sleep. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd had enough on the rooftop by, by sort of 5 or 6 a.m. and tapped a leash on the shoulder <laughs> and I said, oh, I'm going to bed. <laughs> I was spent. So, um, and then... We had a team function the next day out at Fed Square where we, we had the World Cup um, trophy out there with the with some of the some of the fans in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, we had a little team function that afternoon with, with um, just the, the team and the staff and, and, and all our families. Yeah. Um, and then we were back home. Guys came over to the IPL. Um, guys went on a holiday. Guys went to county cricket. Right. Um, we sort of had... On with life. Yeah. We had, we had a few days. Um, the guys, were, well, certainly the bowlers, Josh, Pat and I had a, a few days back in Sydney where we, yeah. we got together for a few days and, and just um, sat and reflected over a few cold cordials. 
Nice. Okay. Um, I'm going to find out your favourite cold cordial in this little very, very quick break. We're going to come back and chat to Mitch Stark a little bit more about this year's T20 World Cup. On SEM, this is Road to the T20 World Cup with Mel Jones. This is the world's longest break on Road to the T20 World Cup because we started in Mumbai. We're finishing this interview in Melbourne. Mitch Stark, this is all my fault. And I said to you, I was a little bit nervous about my recording capabilities and they failed massively. So thank you for your time. I did jinx it, didn't I? Um, We have had a long break. Um, You've played the one-day series over in India. Uh, You're now back almost following you like a groupie for the Australian women's cricket team these days yeah I must be Um, I'm the only one following at the minute so um, (laughs) we had a few parents around but yeah I'm just uh, a hanger on her at the minute a golf partner and um, driver by the sounds of it so uh, (laughs) that's all all good fun speaking of golf you played the other day at 13th Beach in a pretty impressive uh, group of players as well in the Vic Pro-Am. Yeah, managed to get a, a gig this time. Last year I was carrying the bag, so... Um, upgraded? Upgraded, got the got the upgrade. Yeah, Lisa actually played the Australian Open Pro-Am with Kari Webb last year, um, and I had to carry the bag for her, so uh, I was raking <laughs> bunkers and, and handing out clubs and not offering too much advice, and we, we pretty much played in the same group, so um, played with Kari this year again. I managed to get a gig playing. Elisa played and Stacey Peters, who who um, the previous winner at the yeah. Big Open, um, she joined in as well. So it was a pretty good, pretty enjoyable group playing. Um, and yeah, lovely course down there at Thirteenth Beach. So it was a it was a really good day, and um, would have been nice to hang around and watch a bit of golf. But um, <laughs> I'm still doing a bit of training and, and watching the girls go about their business in the in the tri series. So it's um, it's been a good week so far. So your upgrade to playing rather than carrying the bag, is that due to the fact that your form in the Steely Cup has been <laughs> impressive so far? Well, it's, it's one apiece this year, current holder of it, so um, maybe, but I think the fact that my peck was still in one piece as opposed to yeah. last year was, was probably a little bit to do with it. Explain um, the Steely Cup for us, because I... It's obviously, the, the, I shouldn't say obviously, the amalgamation of Stark and Healy into this golf, golfing trophy. How long has it been going for? Yeah, it's, um, so this will be the fourth year that's been going so um both enjoy our golf it's a it's an escape for us from cricket to i find i find it really relaxing um so you're I'm, the only person ever to say golf is relaxing you don't well, get frustrated no i i, I don't <laughs> i used to but yeah. i'm not on the tour I've, i'm not paid to play golf um i i thoroughly enjoy hitting golf balls just just walking walking around 18 holes and, and yeah. Um, getting away from cricket so for me I find it really relaxing whether I'm shanking them or, or hitting yeah. them 300 down the middle so um, <laughs> yeah the, the fact I can do that with Elisa as well away from cricket yeah. um, is, is definitely an ad bonus and we both watch a lot of golf and sitting down having a beer after a round of golf at Long Reef one day which is where we played back in, in Sydney we'd been watching a lot of golf on TV and have the FedEx Cup and the rest of it with the point system so we thought we'd Rather than just going, oh, you won that day, or I won, or I don't win too many. But, yeah. <laughs> um, we thought we'd put some some points, like a yeah, to, to throughout the year. So it's a calendar year where we we bought a trophy and, and engraved it and the rest of it. So we're a bit of a, a like couple it. of snuffs like this, yeah. um, and then put some points to it. Points for for home victories being Long Reef where we play. Mm. Uh, 
75 points or whatever away wins, so anywhere in Australia yep. away from Long Reef, and then international um, points as well. So if we do manage to get to play on tour, uh, which we do from, from time to time, thought that those, those would have to account to, to more points. So lost the first two years, managed to get myself on the, on the board last year, mm-hmm. uh, and then we've had two rounds this year, and it's one apiece. So... Um, both got some time off in April, so we've got some golf booked, and, and I'm sure there'll be some, some big points on offer. Okay, well, I'll, I'll put my hand up to carry bags because I'd love to see this competition up close and personal. And apologies, too, if everyone can hear sort of the banging in the background, is we're at the Junction Oval at the moment, and it's a madhouse because the bushfire relief game has been changed from Sydney, the SCG, to the Junction Oval on Sunday. So, Well, there you go. I didn't know that either. There you go, yes. Just, yeah, right. just announced because Sydney's going to be underwater. I saw for that. The I've heard that anyway. The irony of yeah. it all. Um, oh, so, well, yeah, good news for the Sixers. The nice little win there. I <laughs> <laughs> can't help yourself, can you? Um, let's wrap up the golf. Could, could Midge, could Lisa Healy play golf at a serious level, do you think? She'd stop, have to stop getting the grumps on when she's, she's oh, losing. Captain Grumpy. Uh, well, you need uh, sort of, if she's playing bad, you need to give her like 15 minutes and a beer after, after <laughs> golf, and then, then she's good to then go. She's okay. <laughs> now, she does hit the ball very well. Um, she spent more time practicing. I guess if she put as much time practicing the golf as she does the cricket, you yeah, never know. Yeah. But um, she's playing off seven, so she's, she's handy. pretty handy golfer. She's giving me shots, I'm off nine. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, look, uh, if she ever wants to go down that path and, and practice more and get down to, to yeah. scratch, I'm happy to carry the bag. There we go. You heard it here <laughs> first. Um, we, we, the, the recording stopped when you were talking about your celebrations for the 2015 oh, World Cup up on the, uh, up on the roof. Um, what's your role for this T20 Women's World Cup? Are you leader of celebrations if the Australian girls get through to the final and, and have a win? Well, we're away. we pretty much head over to South Africa as it starts, um, so we'll, I'll definitely be watching from afar, uh, keeping a close eye on it. you need to speak to a board it. member or something about changing that. Yeah, I don't know about it. Yeah. No, what do you reckon? <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, if they, if they, the girls manage to make the final, which hopefully they do, playing at home, it's actually on the day that we're meant to fly back from South Africa. So right, there we go. Might have to do some rejigging the there. Okay. But, um, yeah, be keeping a close eye on obviously how how Elisa and the girls go. Um, World Cups at home are very special and um, don't come around too often. So. Yeah, they're all really excited. Obviously, this tri-series is a big big indicator of how the three teams will, yeah. will go. So, yeah, I think that there's a lot of anticipation for, for the World Cup to start and, and hopefully come the final. It's, it's a full house in Melbourne and, and Australia there playing whoever and hopefully lifting the trophy. <laughs> Have you noticed a difference in this squad, in this team, over the last few years at all? I mean, you've followed them around and watched them for, for many years now. You'd probably know them better than I do. <laughs> yeah, I've been fortunate enough to, to watch them um, from time to time. We, we cross paths. Um, but yeah, I think there was a, it was probably a change after the 2017 One Day World Cup in England, um, where they got knocked off in the semi-finals by India. I think they they had a a good debrief and, and and good review of the tournament and where the team stood. And, and I think the rest of the the women's team is probably caught up to Australia, who dominated for a long time. And, and and they all sort of a couple of them anyway caught up to Australia there. And and I think that the reviews were, were definitely player led from from what I've. Sort yep. of pulled out yep. of Elisa and, and don't ask Matthew too much. Matthew Mott said the same. Much, it's but, okay. <laughs> um, but that, that's generally a good thing when, yeah. when the players lead that that change or that review. And mm. and um, certainly since then they, they've um, they've jumped ahead again. I think the the results in the Ashes over there just just last year showed mm. how how they've they've pulled ahead again in, in definitely in all three formats. And the rest of the, the countries are trying to catch up again. So hopefully that's um, hopefully for their sake that's the way the the World Cup goes. But. Um, yeah, there was definitely a change there after 2017 to how they 
I think how they approached all their all their cricket, not just uh, not just in the one day game. Is there a correlation also with Elisa's form as well from 2017 onwards? Yeah, think? I think she she took that um, without speaking to too many other girls, but mm. I think Elisa herself probably took that. Um, took that quite personally how the, the, the tournament went for them through that yeah. that that, um, that stage as well and, and um, yeah the last two years of their cricket I think it has been pretty phenomenal with um, I guess hearing some of the numbers of how she's gone and then some of the scores she's made the 148 in T20 cricket yeah. the, um, how she's applied herself in, in the different formats as well I think yeah. um, you know it's no surprise for definitely for, for me being able to see how she's worked behind the scenes um, she's probably probably too humble to say that um, she's not surprised or anything like that but um, yeah. she, she does work really hard at her, her glove work and her batting and, and it's certainly paid off over the last sort of 18 to 24 months so hopefully she's got another big couple of months in her and, and um, come April she can put her feet up and pick up the golf clubs and, and reflect <laughs> on a, another good summer of cricket. It sounds pretty good to me. When you look at the team as a collective what stands out for you as being the most impressive thing about them? Yeah, I think definitely since, not only since 2017, but I think there are, I think that their ability to win home and away, um, I think it's something that certainly our team um, is very conscious of is how how tough it can be to win away from home. Certainly, how how India came back in that series just recently. We, you know, we, we won the first game and they come back really strongly in the next two games playing at home and. Um, not only India, but there's, there's plenty of places where it's it's um, it's certainly harder to win away from home than it is at home. And the women's team have done that really, really successfully for a number of years now. And, um, so I think that's the probably the um, yeah something that they they do phenomenally well is is whether it's home or away, they're they're pretty dominant against all teams and, and have been for a long time. So that's something that certainly our team is striving to do, and, and they've led from the front for for a long time. Who are you? take Australia out of the equation now who are the da- dangers for them in this World Cup well I think England and India I think um, the way this tri-series is set up is it, a great indicator of how how all three teams are probably tracking heading into the World Cup um, you know, England are generally always there or thereabouts mm. in, in both both formats of the World Cup uh, India are a team that are continually improved they've um, obviously knocked off Australia in the 2017 one day World Cup and and um, I beat India. Uh, sorry, beat England the other day in Canberra. So, you know, the three teams are certainly um, probably the top three ranked teams heading into the World Cup, and, and, and you always have a, a couple of Smokies. Or uh, I think South Africa just knocked off New Zealand for the first time over there, and, and so they'll be coming over with a lot of confidence. But T20 cricket, I think, is a format that brings everyone back to the pack, whether you're, you're ranked number one or ten or or fifteen, whether it be you come and have a, a phenomenal day out in the field. Anyone can knock off anyone, so it's certainly exciting. Hopefully, for for the gear that I'm sitting in right now, Australia do really well. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be exciting for all the fans as well. How do you feel having a New South Welsh woman <laughs> slash Australian coaching England as well? Yeah, it's um, it's we actually walked past her in Canberra, and um, yeah, I'm not sure how she's sitting in uh, how she feels sitting in the the pommy gear. They obviously, had Trevor Bayliss coach England to a to yeah. a men's World Cup just yeah. recently as well, so. Um, the Australians are running the show in, all around the world, but um, yeah, look, it's uh, probably a change. Whether they, I guess, looking back on the Ashes, the English probably wanted a bit of a change there with how they they've yeah. been tracking. So um, yeah, 
Lisa might might be a good good change for them, but um, hopefully the Australian players are the ones who are lifting the trophy, not the the Australian coach in in commie clothing. That sounds good to me. <laughs> the MCG, there's been so much talk about it. We're we're ramping up now towards it. The hashtag fill the G. There was Hosier Lane, which is a quite a famous laneway in Melbourne, has just been repainted street art wise with Katy Perry and Elise Perry. It's it's all heading towards March eight. What would it mean for you personally to see the MCG? packed to the rafters yeah it'd be phenomenal I think there's there's been a lot of work done behind the scenes around social media around pumping it up and, and so it should be it's a World Cup final it's uh, it's in Australia it's the MCG and I was fortunate enough to be be a part of a World Cup final there and, and the noise was incredible so nothing that I've ever heard or been in front of before and, and I, th- I think I was pretty much out of breath after that for first over at the MCG so <laughs> for a number of reasons but um, but it'd be pretty special I think um, not only the current group are, are definitely aware of, of how special it would be but I think um, you know previous eras of, of women's cricket in Australia you're you're part of that, Lisa Lake is part of that, and it's all sort of been building to, to something special like this. So, you know, watching two world class teams playing a World Cup final, you've got a basically got a concert after it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, why wouldn't you want to be there? And hopefully, there's, there's 90,000 people there, 90,000 plus, and hopefully, by the end of, of March 8, you've seen Australia pick up a World Cup trophy and you can enjoy a few cordials and watch a concert at the same time. Sounds pretty good to me. I'm going to let you hit the gym because you've got more important things to do. One series in South Africa, two, you've got to win the Steely Cup in April, wherever you may play. Good luck with that. And I've got a big job to do because I've got to go off and see if I can get you out of that game. How's <laughs> yeah, that? thanks, Mel. Does that sound good? Perfect. Mitch, thanks so much. Thanks, Mel.